Hi everyone and welcome to Philosophy Rekindled with our focus book, the 1920 published version of Tertium Organum by P.D. Spensky. Today we are discussing chapter 23. This is part 3. You will find the audio version of this chapter as an additional audio to this podcast and you'll also find additional information on our website philosophyrekindled.com. Today my guest is Peter Lancet, hypnotherapist, author and classic scholar. And I'm Alice Flanagan, fiction author, computer programmer and podcaster. Thanks so much for joining us and welcome Pete. Okay, Pete, so now the long-awaited Aspensky annihilation of Dr. Buck. I think we should just get straight into it. Yeah, me too. Let's get that cricket bat out again. <laughs> yeah, once more. Now it's Aspensky's turn. Yes, here so we in go. Words, Batter up. I put, yeah, and he, has, he says... <laughs> Although I'm quoting Dr. Buck's opinion regarding three coming revolutions, let me note that I do not at all share his optimism regarding social life, which, as follows from what he says, can and must change by reason of material causes, the conquest of the air, the social revolution. The only possible ground for favourable changes in the outer life, provided such changes are generally possible, can only be changes in the inner life, i.e. those changes which Dr. Buck calls the psychical revolution. This is the only thing that can create a better future for men. In other words, Dr. Buck, what horseshit? You just wasted everybody's time. Yeah, because you're looking at materialism, and materialism is not the, the path. It's, it's a yeah, slogan, it's a distraction. Absolutely, and, and as Spensky does say, all cultural conquests in the realm of the material are double-edged because they may equally serve for good or for evil. Yeah, the plane. It can take you somewhere or drop a bomb. Or drop a bomb. And, you know, it, it's, it's, even when it takes you somewhere, it doesn't necessarily mean it's doing, uh, doing good work. A change of consciousness can all alone be a guarantee of the surcease of willful misuses of the powers given by culture, and only thus will culture cease to be a growth of barbarity. So while Dr. Buck is telling us that this growth of culture and this is this is where we're going, this is evolution, this is higher realms, um, he says that it's actually barbaric. Spensky says it's barbaric. Without, without yeah. the spiritual aspect... Cultural development is barbarism. It is. Have a look at have a look at X Factor and tell me whether culture isn't barbaric. That is now modern pop culture. It is the popular culture. That sort of crap. Where they humiliate people. Uh, mm -hmm. Yep. Publicly um, for entertainment. Mm -hmm. It's no different than the gladiatorial arena of Rome. And look, all, re it, all reality it's mental TV health is issue. that. All reality TV is that. Um, yeah, it's there to show people up in their worst. Yeah, there's cultural evolution um, not used for good, as a force of good. But, um, obviously, Dr. Buck is promoting this, or was. Here we go. Yeah, This, this is, is wonderful. Democratic organisation and the nominal rule of the majority guarantee nothing. On the contrary, even now, where they are realised, though only in name, they create without delay and promise in future to create on a larger scale violence toward the minority, the limitation of the individual and the curtailment of freedom. Now that is modern Western democracy. 
that describes it right now. I mean, it described it in his day. It describes it right now in a nutshell. The minority are oppressed. Uh, the, that, and by the way, that's the gentlest thing that happens to them. And there is a limitation put on individual and group freedom. That's what democracy does and always has. People who love democracy always go back to this so-called root of democracy and they always point back to classical Athens. Let me tell you something about classical Athens, Athens, you democracy lovers. Let me tell you something. It was bloody hated in classical Athens because that city could see quite clearly what it was done for. You use the mob to vote for you. You then put your ideas forward, your elitist controlling, enslaving, warlike ideas to the masses, and they howl for it, and any dissenters are beaten in the streets. This is what happened. The greatest, the greatest cultural and educational achievement that any man could achieve in classical Athens, and then following on in Rome, more of that in a moment, was the art of oratory. Why do you think oratory was considered to be the great achievement? Because you go to the Agora and you persuade the mob. And once you persuaded the mob, the mob turns upon everybody that didn't vote for you. This is what happens in everybody else's opinion. And besides, there is no individuality in democracy, by the way. You have no individual freedom of expression whatsoever. So... You know, you're very, very limited in what you're allowed to pretend that you're having individual freedom of expression of. You're very, very limited right from the start. And this is in Athens. Once you get to representative democracy, you're completely fucked. So, for example, we have an election here. We, we elect members of parliament. In America, you're electing senators and congressmen and so on. The whole, the whole horse shit shebang. What does that mean? It means that I vote for a certain dickhead who then goes to Parliament because, because he wins this little area. That guy doesn't represent me. If I speak to him and say, I don't want you to vote the way you're voting in Parliament, he'll say, oh, well, I have to vote the way the party votes because we end up having a party, party system now. They're not individual. Representative democracy means that whoever you voted in uses their own conscience to actually make decisions on your behalf and if you don't agree with the decisions that your mp makes they will just say well you have a chance to vote me out at the next election i'm not even going to go down the road of the how stupid and how fatuous that is you can work it out for yourselves well that's the thing and this is this is exactly what uspensky is saying Uspens and uspensky smashes it in the face he really does mm. and i love that I love that he does. It's a nonsense. And Buck has been has been saying that this is is what where we are going. He is a he is a tool of the agenda then. And by the way, that yeah. agenda, as as we're pointing out, is still unfolding ever tighter in this very moment. We are we are at a cusp. We are on a razor's edge at the moment. But there yeah. you go. Well, you you can see all of this playing out now. Oh, you know, mm. you, you won't have a right to do anything unless you do as you're told. Wear that mask, get that injection for immunisation, etc., etc. Well, by the way, well, once property doesn't exist, 
who's going to dole out your food who's going to give you the the right to eat you know money we'll call let's let's pretend it's still money who's going to give you that oh your your leaders your great elite rulers and leaders well if you don't do what they say they won't feed you you and your family will be homeless and without food you will be basically outlawed you won't even be able to go into the forest like the peasants in the days of robin hood and and shoot the king's deer because technology means now that they can put a stop to that you won't get anywhere near those great national parks they'll kill you as well well the thing is you couldn't disappear if you tried now no, you it can't. Doesn't matter it's what not you the did. same. You are, you are easy, easy tracked. Okay, we got drones over the forest. Yeah, and heat seekers. We will, we will know you're in the forest. We will find you. We don't have to send the sheriff of Nottingham out where you, where you laughingly hide and out evade and elude the sheriff of Nottingham. They'll find you in a heartbeat. There's nothing you can do. Once you don't obey the state, you will be dead. Because once you're an outlaw, you won't have access to anything. So you're going to have to do as you're told. And that's what Dr. Buck was saying is, is what's coming to us. And what Uspensky is saying, for God's sake, this is absolutely appalling. Don't fall for it. And Uspensky, I think all through this book, has been been saying the way to uh, stop all this is to work on the inner and, mm. and you know, open your own thinking. Think about mm -hmm. it. Uh, work it through yourself. And this is, and, and it's interesting here because he says, you know, the minority, there'll be violence towards the minority. Now, that minority also includes free thinkers, especially oh, it, includes it, free thinkers. Thank you. I was just, I was literally going to use the same word. It especially includes them. This is what happens. And if you look at what, what actually brought on, I mean, Rome was never a democracy. Let's not kid ourselves. I mean, even though it called itself the Republic. But the transition, there's this one century, it's the first century BC, that particular hundred years where it went from being a republic to being a, an empire with an emperor tells you exactly how it's going to happen now and what is coming. And what, what does happen in countries already where the minority are, they're not just, they, it's not just, ha you've lost, uh, you can't, do, you're going to have to do things our way because we're the majority and we won the election. They are beaten, imprisoned, um, they lose everything, they lose their rights to life, they lose their freedom of speech, they lose everything. But literally, physically beaten, don't think that this is a metaphor, don't think that we're just um, using some kind of metaphor to describe what will happen. This is physically what will happen. What happens in fascism? Does, does the mob of the elite go around beating up its opposition? Germany, 1930s. Have a look at it. Have a look at what brown shirts did to break up meetings of communists. And the other way around, by the way. Fights on the streets, all, all kinds of stuff. And even in more modern times, various countries around the world, it's happening. Okay, so moving on. Um, Dr. Buck considers this graduation exclusively in the light of the evolution of one form from another, not at all admitting the possibility of another point of view. So he's, he's, uh, Buck is saying that he's basically taking on the evolutionary chain. So one thing leads to another. And then Spensky's saying, well, hang on a second. Can't things just change independent of each other and be, do their own path, their own course, their own course of, of evolvement? And, uh, which is exactly, you know, which Buck, is exactly what does happen. Dr. Buck exactly, is now, yeah. 
pushing the agenda. The agenda was evolution. Evolution never proved, still called the theory of evolution. And it's not proved. And there are there's so much more evidence against it than there is for it. I mean, it's it's like 90 percent. 90 percent of the argument says that evolution and natural selection, etc., etc., uh, um, does not actually take place. And it is not the answer to where we came from. Do your research. Do it. Look it up. There is no evidence for it. It does not prove a damn thing. Um, you know, it, it, it really is ludicrous. But Buck is pushing it. Even even bloody Darwin said that he wasn't convinced by his own conclusions. Jesus Christ. Another hijacking. Well, no, I mean, it's not hijacked. Um, understand who Darwin was and the family that he came from, the Josiah Wedwood and the 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 advent of the Royal Society. He was part, he, he came from the families and the men that were part of something called the Lunar Society, out of which, you know, which came out of the Royal Society and so on. Um, he was put there to do that job. He is part of the agenda. They want everybody to believe in evolution. They do. They don't want to human beings to understand our own capacity to make radical and positive change to ourselves in a heartbeat. They want us to think that where we are in any given moment is a long way away from being something else. So if they put themselves, the elite put themselves as being special, we can't even hope in our own lifetime to achieve that. There you go. And it does pave the way for uh, being implanted with artificial intelligence because that will be evolving of the human, the human brain, the evolution we will fast track this, et cetera, et cetera. It, it's just, it's, it's putting a foundation of thought. 2030, Larry, what's his name, who runs Google or owns Google, said that by 2030, most human thinking will be done by artificial intelligence. And in fact, the human aspect of thinking will be largely insignificant, quote, unquote. 2030 ain't that far away. It's not and, that and far he's, away. And he's as happy as a clam to actually announce that, like, Yep. Doesn't that fill you with fear? Doesn't that fills me with fear? Well, it doesn't fill him with fear because he ain't going to do it to himself, is he? None of these people who are pro-vax are having the vaccines themselves and their families don't. No, no. And why, why would he say that like it's a good thing? He's saying it's a good thing because that's what he wants to have happen. He'll be one of the people controlling the AI, not the one of the ones subject to it. So here's the thing. Why why aren't people looking at that in horror? Why are people looking at that like it's a good thing? I don't get it. How could you look at that as a good thing? Well, let me give you something. Okay, you get you get presents for going along with the agenda and you get punishments for not going along with the agenda. People keep asking me why Sweden hasn't locked down, right? It has not locked down yeah. under this fake virus. And of course, nobody's died in the streets. They have lived completely normally. No None of the bloody isolation or something. They, and they've used this thing that they say is herd immunity. It's gone through, blah, blah, blah. We're all okay. And you say, well, why doesn't every other country do that? Well, Sweden's been given a prize. Why has Sweden been allowed to stay free? Let me answer that question for you. Because Swedes, like no other nation on earth, have gone cashless and have had chip implantments. The rate of chip implantments in human beings in Sweden 
far by a million miles exceeds anything else. Swedes don't need to be controlled by fear because very soon they're going to be controlled by AI. So we don't need to lock them down. Oh my God. Yes. I didn't think of that. They have, they have accepted the agenda quicker and stronger than anybody else. They are chipped to the fuck and they're gone. They've, they've embraced cashlessness at a rate that nobody else can even begin to understand. It is frightening. So they have been given a little, they've been, they've been given a temporary prize, haven't they? They've been given their freedom during this current lockdown of the rest of humanity. Bizarrely, we have air bridge contracts here. Countries that you can go to where you don't have to isolate when you come back. Sweden's one of them. Now, you would have thought that Sweden, with no lockdown and, and, and you know, doing, taking no measures against COVID, where COVID should be rife and everybody should be a carrier, you'd have thought that was the place where, if you went there, you had to be locked down for 70 years or something when you came back. But no. Well, Freedom. Think, you, yeah. You, you, have, you have, we can, we can travel from here to Sweden and, and back again, and we don't have to necessarily go through anything special. Yeah, none of it's making sense, is it? It ought to be out of bounds. But Sweden has been given privileges because it's as a nation it's gone along with the agenda at a faster rate and quicker and sooner than any other nation so there's the answer if everybody wonders why sweden's been allowed to get away with it if it's really a conspiracy that's why you know what it's, it's so much doesn't make sense until you put it into a different lens isn't it you know i mean that's the whole that's thing. right if, mm-hmm. if, you, if you have the right lens you can see exactly what the story is yeah without that it just the, looks like oh in his in his day dr buck knew what was going on and in his day so did Ispensky. the difference is is dr buck was a tool of the agenda and Ispensky wasn't mm, good on you Ispensky. Um, yeah absolutely my out on the sidelines for you and dr buck well his his name rhymes with something else so <laughs> yeah it does it does doesn't it <laughs> it does uh, okay, so he says, and the standpoint is entirely justifiable when we take into consideration the fact that this is the standpoint of the fact that things evolve separately, you know, in yeah. their own paths, yeah. um, that we never know transitional forms. So uh, I'm not 100%. Yeah, I'm going, I do. Okay, if evolution was correct and that we evolved from the primates, there would be a missing link, but it's called the missing link for a reason. The transitional fucking form doesn't exist. It's missing, you fuckwits. It's missing. You still believe in evolution, you thick fucks. You fucking do, don't you? I get it now. You're you're stupid. It's called the missing link for a reason. They haven't fucking found it. And Spensky would point out that that's possibly because it doesn't... It doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. Neither does evolution. (laughs) But, uh, you know... Yeah. We never see transitional forms. Yeah. We don't see that half way there, quarter way there. Mm. He says, Dr. Buck makes an entirely arbitrary conclusion concerning the inevitability of the future (laughs) evolution of man because unconscious evolution, i.e. unconscious of the individual directed by the consciousness of the species in the vegetable Mm -hmm. and animal kingdom, must change greatly with the appearance of self-consciousness in man. <laughs> you don't even know where to begin, do you, with that one? <laughs> no, it's like, 
This is Dr. Buck making his arbitrary conclusion. So, uh, as Bensky continues, the self-conscious mind has far more power over itself. It can assist in its own evolution greatly and can also easily impede it. We are confronted with the general question, can unconscious evolution proceed with the appearance of self-consciousness? It is far more correct to suppose that the appearance of self-consciousness annihilates the possibility of unconscious evolution, which was Buck's big, big point. Mm. I would all just have it, don't, don't worry. In my book, it doesn't say consciousness, thankfully. It says it is far more correct to suppose that the appearance of reasoning annihilates the possibility of unconscious evolution. Yeah, that, I like that better. He has done some some good work with these edits. Yeah, Yeah, he has. He really has. Power over evolution passes from the group soul, or from nature, to the individual itself. Further evolution, if it take place, cannot be an elemental and unconscious affair, but will result solely from conscious efforts toward growth. And he he cites a quotation from Mabel Collins' book there. Mm. This is what I like. Yeah, I mean... Go on. I'm just hearing a huge noise in the background. That is cockatoos. I thought it was birds. Is that cockatoos? Wow. He says... I have a, a flock screech at four in the morning, and they screech whenever they yeah, feel I'll like bet. it during the day. And at night, when they're about to go to bed, they have another screech, and they just flock over and, and land in the trees in our, on our property. Wow. Uh, That's quite amazing. That's amazing. The they would be Australians as I grew up knowing them, as opposed to Australians now who, like the rest of us, are hiding behind their fucking sofas and acceding to lockdowns. Yeah, no, true, true. Uh, all of the myths, all the myths of various peoples are now being exposed as bullshit. The, the really hard case Scott. Well, Jimmy fucking Cranky up there has told them that the pubs can open, but they can't sell beer. And they've gone along with it. Told them that they've got to be curfewed in their houses at nine o'clock at night. They've gone along with it. Great. That, that's that, that's freedom-loving Scots. And the, same with the Australian. You know, the the, the, the fist-swinging Aussie, you know, the good old ocker, always up for a laugh, always up for a scrap, always up for a fight. What are you doing? Hiding behind the sofa and putting up with it. Same with the fighting Irish, the Irish. Oh, yes, they're a fighting breed as well. Well, they're not, are they? They're hiding behind the fucking sofa, doing as they're told. All these myths have been exposed. All these myths. There's all kinds of stuff happening. Um, Well, that's the thing. What will happen is they'll just amp up the punishments, as you say, reward mm, punishment. They've already done it here in Australia. Unless you immunise your child, you can't get the child benefit that everyone who has children gets. Anyway, back to Ospensky. Yeah, where are we? So, anyway. So, he's, he's absolutely trashed the idea of an evolutionary way towards human consciousness. And Uspensky is saying that it will happen to the individual or for the individual or by individual efforts to discover mm. this, this, this extra layer, um, this, we'll call it a higher layer, even though that's not what it actually is, of consciousness for themselves, that, it, that it's not some kind of natural species-wide evolutionary event. He says, uh, this is the most interesting point in the whole process, but Dr. Buck fails to bring it out. <laughs> I love that. Mm. He, just, he goes, man, not striving not, toward evolution, yeah. 
not conscious of its possibility, not helping it, will not evolve. And the individual right. who is not evolving does not remain in a static condition but goes down, degenerates. So in other words, Dr. Buck is saying, just relax, it's all going to happen, it's part of evolution, it'll just all happen. And the Spence is going, yeah, and whatever chance you had, you're going to lose it yeah. by doing nothing. Well, again, bringing it back to the present day, Dr. Buck is saying, sit back, have have the, the vaccine for COVID. It's not, there's not a problem. And this is going to take you forward. Have the microchip, even better. It'll take you forward. Don't worry, you don't have to do a thing. We're doing it all for you. And that's, that's what Dr. Buck's saying. Uspensky's saying, uh, no. And if you do do that, do nothing, you're actually going to degenerate. Yeah. He's got no, he's got no, by the way, hang on, he's got no evidence for that at all. But I think he's sending out a signal here that if you, if you sit back and do nothing, something will come and do that for you. There's a saying in psychotherapy, particularly hypnotherapy, if you don't control your own mind, be rest assured that somebody else will control it for you. Yeah. If you don't control your own thoughts, somebody else will control them for you. And this is a point that Ispensky is making here. That's what he means by degeneration and your evolution will go backwards because you'll go from the, the freedom and the sovereign nature of your being that you have or believe that you have now to something far less. Mm. So then he's, he gives, gives uh, Buck some more curry. He says, um, uh, this is a general law. And if we take into consideration that an infinitesimal percentage of men think and are capable of thinking of their evolution, uh, and in brackets, or their emotional striving towards higher things, then we shall see that to talk about the inevitability of this evolution is at least naive. So, yeah. You know, and at least naive is in italics in mine, meaning that he thinks that... Well. Which, which means that Uspensky is saying that this is the least that it is. What it really is, is fucking stupid. Yeah. Pro Uspensky probably doesn't spare. It is interesting he's saying the infinitesimal percentage of men who think and are, are capable of thinking of their evolution. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's like, you know, do, do we think of our evolution? Well, probably not. But why not? Why aren't we thinking of that? Well, I am. That? Spiritual evolution is the whole point of, of going through this process. Yeah, sure. But you look at the majority of people who are not at, not at all TV. And not at all. They don't do a damn thing. They don't, they, they're not even aware that this is a conversation that they could possibly have. That's right. And it's the uh, distractions that, that this world has now given us. The phone. How many people are continually on their phone? I'm I'm desperate for the vaccine. I'm just waiting for that. That's why I'm constantly scrolling my phone to find out when it's coming to my area. Ah, oh, well, I hope the rollout's quick for you, Pete, because I know me, you're waiting too. with anticipation. I haven't had an in, I haven't had an injection for decades. I can't wait. All right, well, I'm going to continue. Speaking of the formation of intuition, Doctor Buck fails to take into consideration one very important circumstance. He himself previously remarks that the blending of concepts with moral elements proceeds in the mind as a result of this intuition appears, and then cosmic consciousness. Thus, it follows from his own words that intuition or cosmic consciousness is not simply a blending of concepts with moral elements or ideas with feelings, 
but is the result of the blending. So Spensky says this, this is a mistake because intuition is not simply the blending of thought and feeling, but the result exactly. of the blending. Yeah. And he says, or in other words, thought and feeling plus something else, something that yeah. is absent in the two of them. I don't even know why you need the thought and blending at all. The thought and emotional and emotions blending at all. I, I really don't know. I don't even see why you need those. But. So what are they saying? That intuition is a, I don't know. I, I mean, to be intuition saying, is something. Well, from, from both of them, it, it's, they're saying that it's a construct of something else. Well, it's not. I think it stands alone. I would have thought so. So I, so I don't agree with either of them there. Mm, mm. I think in his in his desperate need to to hit Doctor Buck in all of the major areas of Doctor Buck's um, exposition, um, he's had to come up with something. But that's something. It's a bit like people in the current current era. I keep coming back to it about this COVID thing that starts saying, "But the survival rate is ninety nine point nine seven percent." By saying that, you're not opposing what's going on. You're not exposing the agenda. You're actually saying that you believe that there is a virus when there isn't one. The real question is, there isn't a virus. It doesn't exist. So the, the survival rate is de facto 100% because there isn't one. There isn't, a, there isn't a virus to survive from. Once you start arguing on their platform which is what Spensky does here, arguing on Bucks, he's got you. He's got you. Mm. Everybody that, that puts information about how the figures, the death figures for COVID are fake and that there's nowhere near as many people dying or the only people who do die from COVID are the elderly or people with pre, pre-existing conditions that are catastrophic anyway. Once you, start, once you start playing in their arena, in their sand pit, they own you. They really do, because now you're saying that there is a virus, but it's not as so they've taken the argument exactly where they want it. But there is a virus, and we're gonna we're saying it's deadly, and so this is for your own good. And all the people who would who are too thick to have the argument at all are then programmed to say, well, both sides of the argument admit that there is a virus, so I'm probably right in wearing a mask and doing as I'm told, and all the rest is, and pointing the finger at you that don't. That's what goes on, and that's how it works. And it's a trap that Uspensky has fallen into here. He's now he's now playing in Doctor Buck's sandpit. Yeah, because when he said this, it's a result of it. It, I thought, well, hang on, I don't. That doesn't make sense to me. If if two things are blended, there is a result. I I just looked at it and thought, isn't he saying the same thing as Buck? Yeah, but he's, he's, absolutely. He's, he's is. making. He's making a point to say, oh, it's not what he said. It's the result of it. I'm thinking, well, that's what blending is. It gives you a result. Yeah, doesn't matter. He's accepted the fact that, it, that, that this intuition comes from these things, these pre, pre-existing things. So he's, he's saying that the process and the pre-existing things are the truth of intuition, whereas he would have been better saying he's got fuck all to do with that. Well, that's the thing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. I, but he's fallen, yeah, in, uh, like I say, he's playing he's in Buck's sandpit. He's lost it. Yeah, he has there. In his desperation, just like the just like the people who are trying to point out that this COVID's a hoax, 
Once you start playing in their their sandpit, they love that. They they love you pointing out that there's only a, that there's a ninety nine point nine seven percent survival rate because you have now come on the side of them. Oh, and then then they go, oh, that's because we managed it so well. Well, it doesn't it doesn't matter what they say. That the, there's literally only one point to be had here. We're all on the same page. We all know that there is a virus. We're now just talking about, you know, the only places that we do disagree is what we should be doing and this, that, and the other. But we are going to come with our range of experts over time and persuade all of you or the vast majority of you that since we all agree that there is a virus, this is the best way of handling it. So you're playing in their sandpit at that point. Yeah, well, yeah, Spensky, you lost your way there. Um he then goes on to say that the expansion of consciousness is the process of real knowing, real being uh, in, in italics, in the light of intuition unfolding that which is infinitely new and unexpected. So he's, he starts talking about intuition as a new path to knowledge, not, not the, the well-trodden one. And he said, you know, things that seemed quite well and familiar and familiarly known, they're not going to get you to this unfoldment of that intuitive space. So um, Spensky then says, an unusual elevation and expansion of consciousness and in the process of real knowing of that which man did not know before in the finding of new paths to knowledge, as in the regions entirely inaccessible, blah, 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 is basically saying that it it doesn't come from treading the same path. And Dr. Buck is is treading the same path. He's saying evolution's going to bring you there and that that is just being, that's just being lazy because it's it's saying well, we've, we've come up with a theory and we're going to make sure everything squeezes itself into that theory. So it's not just that's exactly human it. life, it's it's everything. Even your consciousness will, will fit into that theory of evolution. And he said it's basically, it's a, it's a lazy way of doing things. Dr. Buck has not had the mystical experience. I'm, I will guarantee you that, 100%. Yeah, I, if I was Gar- a betting person, or, I would too. I would also say that Dr. Buck has been planted there because he's obviously a respected something or other, and he's been told to write this book in this way, to send people down the wrong path. It's exactly what's happened here. I wonder how popular his book got. <laughs> it's still in print. I don't... I dare say that it was probably as well read as Spensky's, which means hardly at all. I'd say Spensky's probably got a little bit of an edge on him, but anyway. <laughs> no, but that's because you're a fan. Um, I, I, you have to understand, because you grew up with a father that, that loved Spensky and Tertium Organum to the point where he'd recorded it and everything, don't understand that the rest of the world's like that. It isn't. Nobody's heard of him. They haven't. Yeah, no, they just right. haven't. It's right. very few. It's very few people, um, and everybody that's heard of Spensky has heard of Doctor Buck. Because God knows who Spensky <laughs> puts Doctor Buck right. <laughs> it's like he's having a guest appearance from Doctor Buck. It he is. started with Kent. It's like you know he's he's got his he's, he's on stage and, and he's just pulling in people on Hinton. Don't don't forget Hinton. <laughs> <laughs> and poor Professor Umond, he was he was <laughs> yeah. he was pushed off stage. He had he had the you know the crook that comes out and grabs you around the neck yeah. and yanks you off. <laughs> they pushed him on like some confused old codger and then dragged him off. So, so uh, 
Yes, yeah, so yeah, Suspensky is, is, you know, although he's giving his panning these people, no publicity is bad publicity. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's, so, he, uh, he, he gives he gives Edward Carpenter another swipe here just before we oh, get to where we go. Yes, yes, go on. Yeah, I'll, I'll let this one for you. <laughs> I see. Man possessing cosmic consciousness or approaching cosmic consciousness is not merely man, but man with something higher added. Dr. Buck, like Edward Carpenter in many cases also, is handicapped by the desire not to go too strongly counter to accepted views. He says positivistic views in my book. So Yeah, well, he says accepted views. He says accepted because I think this is more than positivism. I think he's now talking about political views mm, and, and, right. and, the, and, and, and the agenda. Yes, yes, you're right. You're right. Although that is inevitable, he says in mine. Yes, in brackets I was going to say, although that is inevitable. By the desire to reconcile those views with, quote, new thought, to flatten out contradictions, to reduce everything to one thing, which is of course impossible, as is the recon reconciliation of correct and incorrect true and false views upon one and the same thing. Yep. Because there's duality. Basically, you're living, you're working from a point of view of duality, which we know is not the truth. Yeah, and I, I was surprised he dragged poor Edward Carpenter in with Doctor Buck. I mean, the poor guy, it's just by association because Edward, yeah, Doctor Buck mentioned him. <laughs> Next thing, yeah. he's he's dragged through the mire as well. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> well, be, hang on, behave, because Buck it goes out of his way to say that the conversations that he had with other of those very few men who've had the enlightenment experience. And we can only talk amongst ourselves. We can't talk to you riffraff like you about it. Only people who've had the experience. And he mentions Dr. Car well, he mentions Edward Carpenter by name as one of the men who he had the conversations with. That's right. That's what I'm saying. Dr. Buck dragged Edward Carpenter in. So Spencer's just going, yeah, you're, you're one of them as well that I'm giving some curry yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think, you know, I think it's fair to say that Edward Carpenter would have been of exactly the same position and sentiment as Buck. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue just a little bit further on, just to finish with mm. Dr. Buck, where basically I think, you know, I'm going to uh, summarise what I think Spensky is saying here. He's basically saying, Dr. Buck, your book is crap, but it does allude to the possibility of a new consciousness, and that's its only saving grace. You know, you've alluded to the fact that there is... An, ex an expansion of consciousness to be had. That's the only thing in the whole book. You could have, you could have said that in you could have said that in one line of graffiti on the wall of your house. That's exactly right. Well, he did. You know, you, I don't know whether this is in yours, but um, Spensky did put that Buck was saying that the founders of world religions, prophets, philosophers, poets, these are men of, and in quotes, cosmic consciousness. According to Dr. Buck's book, he doesn't pretend to present a full list of them. And it is, of course, possible to add many names to this list. And then there's a fantastic um, little um, side note, to, well, footnote to that. And he says, Dr. Buck makes a very important error concerning self-consciousness. In his opinion, simple consciousness characterizes an animal and self-consciousness characterizes a man. But as a matter of fact, a prolonged self-consciousness during sensation, feeling or thinking is a very rare phenomenon in man. Usually that which is called self-consciousness is simply thought and it goes post-factum. 
In other words, after something has happened. True self-consciousness exists in man only potentially, and if it manifests itself, it does so only by moments. These moments of self-consciousness should not be identified with prolonged self-consciousness. Prolonged self-consciousness is already a new consciousness, and there is the possibility of moments of cosmic consciousness which, in the course of further development, may, in turn, become prolonged. In other words, stop saying that just because we're men, we have, we have self-consciousness. We don't. Most people go about their day-to-day -day lives from birth to death without any self-realization whatsoever. And, and Uspensky is spot on there. Absolutely spot on. But I did like the bit where, he dis where he, he's talking about the founders of world religions, men of... And he's putting in quotes, cosmic consciousness. And according to Dr. Buck's book, in other words, I don't believe that for a moment is what Uspensky is saying. I don't agree. Yeah, for, and he's for alluding a back that. to that bloodline, isn't he? He's basically saying, mm -hmm. you know, yep. that's he, a, a fake yep. setup thing. It's got nothing Absolutely. to do with cosmic consciousness. And, and frankly, what he is saying is that these people, the ones who supposedly set up these world, great world religions, they they weren't they weren't aware either. They'd not actually achieved the enlightenment either. They were doing it because there is an agenda. Ospensky yeah. doesn't say what that is, but he's alluding to it very strongly because he he clearly doesn't believe in it. He he, he believes that the damn thing is fake. Yeah. Yeah, and that footnote is not in the nineteen twenty version. That was added in your version. That's a very lengthy okay. footnote too. Yeah, but it's a fantastic footnote. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. And so what um, what do you think, Pete, is the definition of, of self-consciousness? What would that entail? What does that mean? If you can become aware of your own thoughts, then you're self-conscious. If you're aware of yourself as being separate from other things, that is conscious of the self. It's self-consciousness. This is what Dr. Buck says that animals don't have. But as I pointed out, a dog pissing on a tree knows that it's not pissing on itself. It's aware of its separation from other things. So by Buck's definition of self-consciousness, an animal is self-conscious. And, you know, and again, again, um, you know, the self-consciousness self literally is just the, the realization that you can have thoughts that have an impact on you, that you can actually be aware of your own emotions as being something, you can see them, you can stand aside as an observer of the self, in other words. So when you say that most men, men being human, do not have that, what? Hang on, I didn't say they don't have it, I just say they don't, they don't actually activate it, they don't take the trouble to, to become self-aware. Right, that's what I wanted to clarify. They don't sit there, and, and if they did, Books on philosophy would be the best sellers, but let's face it, they're not, are they, Dan Brown and your bullshit? Yeah, no, that's all right. I'm glad, yeah, that's what I wanted to clarify, because I'm thinking, well, we all can, we can do that, we can think, yeah, well, we, can because we can observe our thoughts, but yes, you're right. Most, well, most people make, make no effort to, they, they, no. they, they, they live, in, let's put it in NLP, or, or psychological or hypnotic terms, they live at effect, not at cause. In other words, things happen to them. Things happen around them. They don't understand that they can be at cause. They can be, they can be the origin of their own thoughts. They can be the origin of their own feelings. They don't understand that they can change their thoughts, that they can change their feelings. 
that they can change the world by doing that. Very few people understand mm. that. They just go to work, watch X Factor, go to bed, go to work, come home, have their tea, watch some other bullshit on the telly, do all the other bloody things they do and think that that's the way that it is. And, and that's all there is. And anybody else that it ever crosses their path that suggests something beyond that, they just laugh at them. <laughs> Yeah, because they're moronic. They nothing will call stimulate them into actually doing it. Yeah, no, don't get me going about that again. We've already done a chapter <laughs> on that. Um, but yeah, the, that's that's exactly what happens. And then they go back to their their little round, and then they're all complaining. But that's what it is. That that's why they're yeah. not self aware. They're not self aware at all. They have the potential. The the ability is there for self awareness in them, but they have to actually activate that. And they don't. And Uspensky knows that. Dr. Buck says that they don't have to. That when some wonderful, elevated, fabulously evolved human beings, he includes himself in this, once they have that evolution, it will naturally spread through the gene pool. And Uspensky is saying, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> what a load of old bollocks. And yeah, and to, exactly. to just round off uh, what Spensky has to say with Doctor Buck, he does say one thing. He's 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 he says you know the the only basic good thing that came out of the book was you know one one basic concept is that there is a a new consciousness, not how not anything else about how he says it's going to come about or whatever. This is that new consciousness. So he he, he finishes off by by panning panning Doctor Buck and saying, look, your book is rubbish. Um, you, you did have a concept, you just didn't explore it well, and uh, you know that's about all you all you've got going for you, mate. <laughs> that's it. But then, and this is this, we're going to finish up there, but uh, just as a little teaser for next week. Then uh, Spensky's next sentence is: All this announces us to the nearness of the new humanity, and new humanity is in capital letters, and so. What Aspensky means by this, it, that's the cliffhanger for this week, uh, we're going to explore next week. And we're nearly to the end of this chapter. And I, I, look, it's, it's, a, it's a, the, the, what's left of this chapter is uh, yeah, exceptionally interesting in my opinion. And terrifying. And terrifying. And for all, for all the love that you have of Aspensky, his very next paragraph, and I'm not going to say what it is here, his very next paragraph ought to have you really taking stock about who and what this man is. We'll leave it. We'll leave it at that. Yes, we'll leave it at that. Uh, so thanks, Pete. Thanks very much, and uh, thanks everyone for listening. It was a fantastic round of swearing, and I enjoyed every moment of it. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> See you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks everyone again. <laughs>